what does ne? No, you can't. Sharing makes us all happy. Uh, It, but we can all share together. Be we can. To I'll be kind to our one. Welcome to speaking. <laughs> <laughs> that so sad. Uh, that was possibly the weirdest introduction <laughs> yet. <laughs> I am Aaron McAleese, a thoroughly wonderful professional, and I am joined as ever by. Me, Peter Donoghue, that's me, sorry, I didn't realise you were asking uh, for me, I thought you were going to... I was poor hosting for me as well. I thought we were going to introduce me, sorry. Uh, so, as you probably guessed from our um, introduction, our of sorts. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are going to be talking about sharing, and more specifically, sh- the sharing economy, and how it's growing, and how it is taking up a bigger and bigger chunk of the market. Uh, we'll be talking about two of the biggest sharing economy companies <laughs> everybody will know uh, Airbnb and uh, Uber I must say at this point um, we've pre-recorded these as I said last week before I went away on holiday and honestly like I uh, I think we're spent this is the third podcast we've recorded in a row yeah. it's quarter to eleven at night yeah um, I've got hay fever uh, and, I've been uh, in this office for about 14 hours I've got cabin <laughs> fever and I am uh, really not up for sharing um, so we're going to start off talking about Airbnb. We might have spoken about it a lot on the podcast over the course of its running, uh, because I, on my at the time of recording, upcoming trip. Yeah, so I'm, I'm using Airbnb. Very, very excited to hear this story about this Airbnb drama oh, that you've been wanting to share well, so much. Obviously, like Airbnb came in. So for those who don't know, uh-huh. Airbnb is basically a website where. Anyone can rent out their spare room or their spare full apartment um, all across the globe. So you can be going anywhere. <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> what are you I'm about the intro again, it's too <laughs> Okay, so... <laughs> really professional, man. Um, yes, yeah, so Airbnb, you're going on a trip abroad, you don't want to book in a hostel or a hotel. One of the best ways to get about can be using an Airbnb because you're going to be using a local's house, whether that's a spare room, a private area, or you can have the full area to yourself. Mm. Um, now, me personally, I've only ever used Airbnb when I've been going up north for um, trips with folk from university. Yeah. Um, I've never had the opportunity to use it when I've actually been going on holiday. But I'm really excited to hear what you think of it as a, an experienced user of it in general, and also... Um, Kind of curious to hear about how they're going to be handling this drama, which you've uh, you've teased. Uh, well, we can we can go into a wee bit of background about it. Um, so the company's ten years old this year. In uh, August, um, basically, it's just to allow people to connect with destinations and people in a more profound way. Yes. Um, as we said, it's sharing economy. So for them that doesn't know what sharing economy is, it's basically that people uh, share access. Way. Goods yep. and services. So you share somebody's house, they get money for it, you get the experience, it's everybody wins basically. Um, it's not just like, it's like everybody's on a level playing field, you don't have company customer, it's peers essentially. Yeah. Um, there's almost 4 million Airbnb listings in 191 countries across the globe, pardon me, uh, and with 65,000 cities as well, um, which is a terrifying number of locations to have. Um, 
basically there are like when Airbnb first came in, I think it sort of took the market by surprise. Um, One of the really surprising things that I've found about Airbnb is as massive as those numbers sound, mm. that's still only about the twenty percent of all listings in terms of apartments, hotels yeah. and rooms. There's still it's a very small market out of a potential market, but mm. in the few times I've went on to Airbnb just to have a browse. Yeah. You know, you see cheap flights, you're like, oh mate could do away with a wee weekend away and you have a look and it does seem like there's houses everywhere uh-huh. uh, one of my favourite things is also to do is to look at the houses in Glasgow uh-huh. and it's so funny when you look at the descriptions and stuff Some and it makes you so wise to it it's like a house in Cumbernauld and it's like close to Glasgow uh-huh. that was the same like, those cold no, bridge ones it's nowhere no. near Glasgow it's like no. you're having to commute totally um, but like I, I think it's a great thing well, I think it must be really cool for you. Like you're actually going to like someone's house. Is that mm-hmm. not? Do you not find it easier to relax, easier to just chill and hang out? Whereas in a hotel room, I think you can feel awfully uh-huh. stuffy and get a. Well, I and I think as well, like people. I don't know about you, but I find hotel rooms quite restrictive. Like, can be good on one night of a holiday just to go. Like, say you've like you've not been able to take a lot of spending money or something like that, so you have to then go. It's good when you, if you get an Airbnb, there's a full kitchen, you can just go and grab stuff and you can make yourself a quick bite to eat, you don't have to do that, there's like, you can wash your clothes, so you're not like pure having to, t- it's great for backpackers in that sense, um, great for everybody because there's like, we'll get onto it, but there's like luxury and um, like budget. Um, would you say that there is a cost saving in your experience? Yes, when compared with hotels, I'm not, I've never stayed, well I've stayed in a hostel once and it was in Edinburgh. Uh, when we went to see Elbow that time, uh, wasn't a major fan of it. Uh, don't really like the thought of hostel. I don't know why. I don't know if that's just sort of snobbery on my behalf. But if you're like, if you would like to go backpacking, but you wouldn't like a hostel, I would say Airbnb's the perfect thing. Um, and it's a great alternative to hotels because, like, especially like obviously, we'll get onto this more. But in Japan and stuff, the the hotel rooms are tiny, the flats are tiny, but a flat is bigger than a hotel room. Uh, so it's good in that sense as well, because you get that wee bit more space. Obviously when you're across at the, other, the other side of the world with somebody in such close quarters, it can can be like sort of intense. Whereas if you've got a flat, there's different rooms, you can like there's a wee chance to get a break and all that kind of thing. Um, and I think it's just so much more unique than a hotel. You can't stay in a tree house. With a hotel, you can't stay in a boat. Well, you put there's like boatels and all that kind of thing, but like they're not as common as they are in Airbnb. Um, there's like two thousand tree houses, ten thousand boats. That's like, wild. All over the world, probably half of those boats are in Amsterdam, probably. But um, oh, uh, so but like, there is variety. Every flat's different, um, and I, I think it's a great service. And so enough of the sales pitch. Okay, hit me with. What's been happening with your Airbnb listing? Because if I'm right in saying a lot of cities are now trying to hit back. Yes. Uh, basically, what happened was Airbnb, I think, took a lot of people by surprise. It cut the market. It undercut the market in terms of hotels. Hotels are then annoyed. Hotels uh, lobby. Hotels lobby. People lobby, like governments and stuff, and like councils are annoyed because basically from nowhere this company 
in which there are no regulations, like no actual council or government uh, sort of standard security in, in um, like standards on me, that kind of thing. There's no new regulation, no. I think is the big thing. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people are trying to change because the hotel industry are annoyed because obviously they have to do audits, they have to meet standards in terms of safety and cleanliness. Airbnbs don't have to do that. So that means that that's one of the reasons they can be given away cheaper or so Because there's less overheads for them to cover. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what Airbnb have started to combat like that uh, in certain ways, which we'll get onto as well. But um, uh -huh. I think it's I think it's a good thing that Airbnb exists, but I also think it's a good thing that governments are trying to get involved because obviously, like safety is paramount. Uh, Airbnb have now a verified government ID system. You have to show like you know, scan your passport, take a photo, someone verifies it. Uh, or a machine verifies it, whatever. Um, you have to connect it with social media accounts. They they are doing their bit. Um, so basically, what has happened? The drama that Pete is referring to is that, to. Um, the Japanese government uh, on June the first. This currently June the eleventh. I go on June the thirteenth. Um, the Japanese government uh, gave a two week notice for people to license and register that Airbnb, uh, so obviously to get it registered, to get the licence, there'll be standards that have to be met, and uh, to do that in two weeks for thousands upon thousands of listings in, I mean, Tokyo, the biggest city in the world, uh, then you've got like other mega cities as well that are in Japan, just isn't feasible, so basically what's happened is a number of the Airbnbs that we'll be staying in have cancelled at the last minute. <laughs> um, Sorry, that's just me being a bad friend. We arrive on the 14th of June, so I don't think that one will be affected because I would assume it would be from the date of the 15th New onward. From. Um, but basically what has happened is Airbnb have done their bit. They have apologised, they've explained the reasoning, they have issued a full refund for each listing, then given a voucher for the same amount. So you're getting money back and money for the listing. Yeah, and uh, $100 for the experiences for now, each listing as well. One of the things I find really, really curious about this is this isn't Airbnb's fault. No. I think it's crazy that they're providing a full refund and providing that extra voucher. Well, I think that they'll understand that like, they'll know how many people are using their service. <laughs> And it this like and it will be affecting many people, and I think it's one of those things if they don't handle it properly, then it won't just be like so. Say they didn't. Say uh, they just gave you the full refund. How would you feel? I would feel like they've hit par. I feel the full refund, but then they've went over and above, and I can see that, and I'm grateful for that. So I've then. Like in the voucher and stuff sort of keeps you using Airbnb which is like well that's clever. the whole point that's uh, the whole point it's clever but it's also really good for them to do that they don't have to do that because yep. that'll be coming out of their pocket um, but I think it's one of those things that if they didn't handle it in this particular way and were only issuing full refunds or at worst nothing at all they know that travel insurance wouldn't cover it yeah and then Basically, what you what would happen would be their reputation would take a hit, yeah. and I think that's where they're that's why they're doing it. Uh, they know that it wouldn't just be the people that 
it directly affected. It would be the hosts as well. I uh-huh. think it would also be friends, family. Uh-huh. And I th- and like the horror stories that people are going to be telling. Uh-huh. And it would be it would have an on effect to pretty much every Airbnb user. Yeah. It would have a like because people would say, "Oh, what if I book a holiday with Airbnb and this this kind of thing happens?" Yeah. Because governments have that ability. That's the, the end of the day. They are the people that that, that rule the land. Um, if they change the goalposts at any time, it's exactly. up to Airbnb to hold up. Totally. Uh, so I think they've done their bit. I'm grateful that they have. Um, we're basically getting, I mean, f- about five hundred pound worth of accommodation for free, and three hundred dollars worth of experiences for free. So I can't complain. I think they have more than done their bit. Um, I think I, I mean I, I love the concept of it and stuff like that. I think Airbnb is a fan. I've used it once before in Prague. Uh, I will have used it another five times uh, when I get back, and I think it's just um, I don't know about you, but I think it's a I think it's a great concept and like it's something totally different. And um, uh uh-huh, it's just I, I I think I don't think it will go away. I think it's too big to go away now. No, I think um, it will stay. Um, one of the things I was curious to ask you about is when I've been looking at Airbnbs, I always get a little bit uneasy if it's a host that doesn't have any reviews because mm-hmm. you're they're reviewing the person as well as the place. Yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on, have you ever booked a Airbnb where they've had little to no reviews and has that affected your buying decision at all? Um, I, think I, I think I booked one. Um, doesn't it doesn't because like if it's new then I'm like ah well it's new so they literally can't and Airbnb when it is a new listen we'll say um, so like you've got to I think as well Airbnb are trying to do a bit more self-regulation and stuff to try and prove to people um, so there are, I think there are standards to be met and I think any new listens have to meet them I could be wrong there but I'm sure they do so in that sense, I have a bit of trust, but at the same time, I know what people mean. Like, you if you go into somewhere and it's had like ten reviews and a few like three star reviews, then it's probably going to put you off. But if you go on somewhere and it's had like hundred and forty six reviews and hundred and thirty one of them were five star, then you're going to be like, oh, well, aye, that seems good." Because like, but that's the same with everything. I just wondered if it affected because it's a person more mm-hmm. than a a chain or an establishment. Um. Did you find that it influenced you any more or less? Uh, well, that's the thing. A lot of the reviews, because, I mean, I, whenever I look at Airbnbs, I look at an entire flat. Yeah. I wouldn't look at, a, I don't look at a private room or a, like, a shared space or whatever, just because, like, I prefer to have my privacy. Oh, I'm the exact same. Um, I'm totally the exact same. So it's, so. A, it's a bit different in that sense, because hosts in that way are they less are involved. Yeah. Uh, so they may be in a flat next door and yeah. somewhere. Well, like for the most part, they're nearby. Um, so I don't tend to like. I think every one of us in Japan is uh, self checking, self check out. That's awesome. It's good. Um, so it's just like lock boxes and stuff. Um, but you get sent. So you book. Um, I look for ones that are instant book as well. Yeah. These days, like at the first, at the first one we did in Prague, I don't think was instant. Well, I think it was instant book, but I still got in touch. So instant book is just when you're. You can book it straight away. You can buy. You don't need to have any conversation or yeah. dialogue with anyone. But it's it's always good. Like I always like when I'm booking, send a message saying who I'm, who I'm going with, why we're coming, what we're hoping to do. Um, 
just because it is a way to connect with people as well. Like, and if they live there, they'll know things to do. They'll know places to see, like wee restaurants that are good. Because I find that restaurants can be a difficult one to judge. Oh, no, they found us. Um, <laughs> so I feel that it's good in that way. You get sent. So whenever you do book, they'll send you like a PDF or a Google Doc or any other type of... That's cool. I like document, that. And it'll explain how to get to the flat from like certain stations, certain airports. Um, it will tell you like how to check in, how to check out, any code you need to know, how to use all the, the things in the flat, the rules. Um, like basically just all the do's and don'ts. Most of them in Japan are don't be noisy after nine o'clock at night, but that's the same anyway, that's just common courtesy. Totally. Um and then they'll oh, so it's like it's good. Um they'll tell you any fines that you'll incur. So you I think Airbnb must say you have to meet like you have to tell them what you're gonna find them for if you're gonna find them for. Yeah. Um so that's good. Uh and what can you get fined for out of curiosity? Like if you there was one I seen that if you like if the neighbours made a noise complaint to the police, you would get fined. Wow. If they made a noise complaint to the host you would get fined. If you lose the portable Wi Fi, that kind of thing, because obviously they're quite expensive. What about like spilling a drink? Um, I don't know what would happen with that. That would that would be a slightly different matter, I suppose, because it would be the security deposit. That would be Ah, okay, okay. Um, so it's not fine, it's just they need to use that money to uh, fix. So after you leave, you have or the host, sorry, has like three days to go in and check. To file any sort of complaint that they would want to Airbnb provide evidence to Airbnb. Yeah. And then Airbnb. I had a bit of a situation with that in the past. Did you? I did. Uh, it was when I was going up north with uh, folk from university and uh, we booked a a 10 bed uh, house, massive 10 bed house mm-hmm. and it was really lovely, fantastic um, and uh, there were 14 of us there okay. so there's four more people than beds and we said um, well, we'll either share the beds or we will um, bring our own beds, mm-hmm. like kind of just blow up beds and stuff. You told the host this? No, we didn't tell the host anything about this, uh, right? But we didn't know this, so looking back, obviously we were in the wrong, but this was the issue that we had at the time. It didn't say anywhere in the listing that there was a person limit. Okay. It just said the number of beds. It didn't actually have, because most listings nowadays will say suitable for X amount of guests. Uh, and then you have to put in the number of guests. And you have to put in the number of guests. We had put in 14. Okay. But for whatever reason, after we'd left... The host had complained that there was more people than beds. Okay. We get fined hundred and ninety pounds. Really? Mm. And Airbnb held upheld that. Yeah. I don't think that's like obviously now it's like harder to like yeah you can't really get away with that. For me, for me, I was just a little bit confused because I hadn't mentioned a limit of uh-huh. the amount of people in the place. If you so I said to him, if I'd said that there was like twenty people there, would I have been fined a heck of a lot more? Yeah. It still doesn't say. It says price per price per evening and uh-huh. it doesn't doesn't change. I could have put one person in and it would have been the exact same cost uh-huh. because you're renting out the full house. Yeah. So well, I know that some now change by the amount of guests uh, because like if you've got like a like a four bed flat or like a flat that can accommodate four people Yeah. <clears throat> then like they can sometimes if you're like a couple uh, I would assume it's like it works both ways if you want to make it more affordable for people so you're letting it out more days per year 
then that's good. And if you like want to make more money when more people want to book it, then you can as well. So I think that's quite a good feature. Um, I find I find the, the the pricing quite weird on Airbnb because you look weird, it yeah. up like per night. So it'll say like, you'll look up just say like fifty pound per night. Uh, shows you a bunch of places. Shows you a bunch of places. But then when you plug in the you, dates and uh -huh. people, well, that that changes it as well. Right? Say you've done that, you've done two guests, these dates, instant book. Uh, if you want to filter by superhost or not, you can filter by. Oh super yeah, host. that's superhost. Um, then <laughs> you get like, like you get the price, you click on it. So it's eight fifty pound per night. But is it the fee? Click on it. And, uh, yeah, and then it goes down to like it says room cost thirty six pound per night. So it was like say you've done it for two nights, it's a one hundred pound cost. Yeah. And then it will be like so thirty six pound per night, seventy two pound. Then it will be cleaning, sixteen cleaning fee cleaning, or whatever. Uh, and then like like twelve pound no like twelve pound um, Airbnb service fee. Yeah. And then you're like that. But why not just have the total price? I think that would be easier. For me, I actually, I actually, pre I would prefer that because it, it gives you a breakdown. Well, I'd I like, prefer, I, I the, prefer the breakdown, but I would prefer when you're just scrolling through listings for it to tell you. Um, oh, so you'd rather it said thirty six pound a night? No, I would rather it said total cost one hundred pound, and then there's a thing beneath it that says view breakdown, and then you click on that. And a big pop up comes up and it shows you the breakdown. Rather than £50 per night, you go on and then it says, because I just think that will confuse people. Like, oh, like, so you think £50 per night because it's actually per person per night? Is that what you mean? No, no, like, so. It was two nights. The so £50 per night includes yes. the service fee and all that. Yes. But I think it should just say the total cost. So you don't like the fact that it's got the, the, the Cleaning and service, that's a bit odd. No, I like I like that, and I would, but like when it shows you that, so you know what your breakdown is. Yes. Fair enough, but just a total cost, because I think people get confused when. Does it not give you a total cost at the bottom? Uh huh. But like, it would be easier when you're scrolling through it to oh, see total okay. cost. Because some of them as well, you. So rather than it saying fifty pound per night, you'd rather it said a hundred quid. A hundred pound total got cost, you. and then it says you break down. You can Sorry. do the breakdown. So I think that that's a psychological thing. Uh -huh. If you see something at fifty pound per night, you're more likely to click on it. Whereas if you see something at hundred pound, you're going, oh, that's like, that's above my but budget. But I think I think people get because there's some as well that you see and it's fifty pound per night, and then you click on it and it's like fifty two pound per night for the room, then like a thirty six pound cleaning fee and stuff like yeah. that. So I just think they've got to find a way. Just it should be consistent. A better algorithm. It's not consistent. I think is what's needed. Yeah. Um, but I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that I think the concept of it's fantastic. So to round up this little section, I'm going to say that you're currently on holiday when this is being aired. Uh, <laughs> what date will this be going out? I don't know, but you'll be either be just back, or you'll just have, or you'll still be there. Uh, um, I will. Still be there. Yeah, I'll be back on Thursday if this goes out on the Monday the 25th. Yeah. I'll be back on Thursday the 28th. So I think that it would be good for us to follow up on this little segment next when week. You're back. Yeah. So next up, we wanted to talk about was Uber, who are the other major player in the sharing gig economy. Uh -huh. And a uh, total side note is there Uber in Japan? That's a good question, actually. That's a very good question. Let me get. On the keys. On the keys. And I will find out for you. Um, oh. oh. Um, 
So Uber.com, a ride-sharing company, I think that's, uh, I don't think that's a good way to put Uber, let me tell you. Uh, reasons to ride. Um, <laughs> let's see what we've got. Uh, I want Uber estimate actually, or Uber cities, because that actually shows you what cities Uber are in. Uber cities are across the globe. So let's just search Tokyo, Japan. You want me? Yeah, oh, go right back up. Go right back up. Right so click on it again, or press search. What the heck? Can you press it down? No. Okay. Why don't we do? Great, great audio fees, folks. Uh -huh. Yes. So Tokyo is literally taking me to the top. <laughs> right. So we'll just do a. Uber estimate, we'll do an Uber estimate. I don't know, Tokyo's, Tokyo Sky Treaty, Tokyo Tower, something like that. We'll see how far that is and then we'll compare it, see how expensive we're talking. Tokyo Sky Tree. There you go. Uh, there we go. To Tokyo Tower. Tower. So, whilst Dan does this, I think it's pretty important to talk a little bit about Uber. So, Uber is a ride sharing app. Yes. So, originally, the way this worked is that you can have a car and you can then become a driver and drive people from A to B, you get money, you do, you're you using your own car, yeah. and that's basically the crux of the business. Now, when it's moved into other cities, again, there's been government regulation, so, for instance, me and you, Arn, if we were getting an Uber home tonight, the person who drives us home is a certified taxi driver already. Yeah. Um, they are using their own car, but that's just the same as all taxi companies. So, in essence, Uber have become the sharing economy, but at the same time, they are just a more of a high-tech taxi yeah. company I know here. For it, I know as well that Uber is completely banned in Barcelona. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they have a different list called My Taxi, and but that's like heavily, heavily regulated. Yeah. Every taxi in Barcelona is like a yellow Toyota Aurus or something like that. <laughs> um, Toyota must be a loving that. We're just going to... I mean, so to kind of give a bit of a context as to how Uber is in America, which is where they're origi originally from, um, as a, if you're in Uber in America, it's really funny. You're in the Uber, it actually prompts you, do you want to become a driver? Which is really right. weird. It prompts okay. you because anyone can become a driver as long as they've got a suitable vehicle. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, it's called Uber Pool. And Uber yeah. Pool is, uh, you're going from A to B. Um, there's five other people who are en route. Do you, is it okay for them to jump in? And that lowers the cost even more. So you're yeah. just splitting the cost with other people. Um, which is really smart and really cool. Mm. So in America, it's just a lot more lax just due to the, the regulations. Yeah. Well, but, America um, doesn't regulate much. No, they don't. Um, I've so, noticed here, though, that Uber in Tokyo is only Uber Black. Ah, okay. Which is like the sort of premium one. So basically you have Uber Pool, mm -hmm. Uber Pop, mm -hmm. Uber X, mm -hmm. Uber Exec, mm -hmm. Black. Mm -hmm. Now, but, you might only be getting black because of the area that you're in. Yeah, that's true. We'll try, I don't know. Uh, in fact, can we get a translation in cost before you do that? Oh, so that is 5,202 yen is the lower limit, uh, which amounts to £35.34. So 35 quid, and that was for, if you go back, it should tell you the distance. It doesn't tell me Does the distance. Tell you the distance? Uh, Tokyo Tower, which is a 
14.8 kilometre drive. That does not look 14.8 kilometres. It doesn't, does it? That's crazy. Um, it's a 24 minute drive. That's fairly expensive, I'd uh, say, for a half hour drive, 35 quid. Very expensive. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that's super black, that's what you'd expect. Yeah. Um, Uber in Glasgow, I find fantastic. We are quite limited for time, so it's only going to be quite short on Uber, unfortunately. But Ah, we'll get, um, we'll get a follow up in part two, don't you worry? Uh, Uber in Glasgow. I like it. I think I it's love good. It. I think it's fantastic. Uh, where ta- the cheapest taxi home would cost me £16, Uber can get me home for under £13. So you're getting day. an actual cost saving uh, from it as well. Yes. Fantastic. Um, as, well, as well as when you're in Glasgow, it's so convenient. The only thing is the, the surge pricing. So the surge pricing, obviously, is um, the way Uber works is when there's more demand than taxis available, they'll bump up the costs. Yeah. So say... There's 500 people in Glasgow looking for a taxi and there's only 400 taxis. They'll bump the cost up by 1.2. Yeah. So the, the upper percentile who are who are happy to pay it will pay it. Yeah. Um, but that can go really high. Hogmanay, I've seen that six, seven times I was going to say, price. I remember uh, a couple of years ago at Hogmanay, I think it was in California, and one in Florida as well, where there was a surge of over 10 times. Oh. So people were drunkenly accepting this, but then complaining. But at the same time, I'm kind of thinking... If you're going to take, like, regardless of what state you're in, if you're going to accept that surge, then that is your own problem. Aye, they've accepted it. Um, it's not Uber. It's Uber's business model uh-huh, to do that. Exactly. And so if you're going to pay, because I think somebody paid, obviously paid $250 for a $25 tax. Amazing. Which is uh, ridiculous. But, I mean, if you're, they've made their bed and they'll lie in it. Totally. Um, but, I, I mean, I think it's a great concept. I think Uber is the either the second largest or largest well, uh, sharing Uber, economy well, company. Well, you've got Lyft as well in the same kind of uh, industry as them. You've got Lyft in America. Um, there's a lot of other kind of countries which haven't maybe embraced Uber as much as they have here. No. Um, I know that they recently sold off their Chinese market to another company, to mm-hmm. another competitor who were bigger. Um, so you can see here, Uber are the biggest, Airbnb are second, and Lyft, Lyft are third. So no surprises there. Uh, Uber, 24.7 billion dollars worth of funding uh, insanity employees. yeah that's insane um, I mean I think that I mean uh, many other uh, companies that are on here I have never heard of um, <laughs> that might be the Chinese company they sold off to potentially Maybe, yeah. there's a company on here called Grab who are from Singapore Ola from India um, I think it's something that's only going to get bigger because I think the generation we're in are a lot more yeah, and they're a lot more uh, open to things like that. Um, However, we do have to go. I'm sorry to cut this short, uh, but we do really have to go. We are very pressed for time. We Uh, are. So half episode. Thank you so much for listening. What we're going to do is we'll come probably come back next week yeah. and we'll discuss, we'll keep on discussing the sharing economy. Oh, um, and we'll if, get a review of the... We will, we will. But we'd love to hear from you. So if you've had any horror stories with sharing economies, this is where you can jump in and really play a part in the second episode. Yeah. So there's two ways, that, or three ways that you can reach out. First way is by downloading the Anchor app, giving us a wee follow on there. Um, and uh, they use the voice message functionality, which is fantastic. Yeah. Drop us a wee voice message. We can throw you in the next podcast. Um, if you don't like your voice being shared, uh, you can give us an email. Uh, hello at technicallypod.co.uk. And we are on all of the socials. 
Uh, we are at Technically Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So we're looking forward to your horror stories, your great stories. Um, but yeah, Aaron, enjoy your holiday. I You're currently on holiday. I am indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. And uh, we'll catch you next week, guys. All right, take it easy. See you later. Bye. Sharing makes us all happy.